Delco. What is Delco? Urban Dictionary, maybe the best definition of any place in the history of any place. Delco is the nickname for Delaware County, not just a place to live, it's a way of life. Delco isn't something you obtain with a short visit while you're passing through. Never has been. But don't actually live here, you just won't understand. Delco is something you can spot across the bar while out of town. Speaking of bars, there's 42 to 1 ratio when it comes to bars to libraries. And it's cool to be a 26-year-old bar back. You're just waiting for your big break. Delco people love being from Delco. I don't know if there's anything special from Delco, except being a Delco guy, I kind of like it. And welcome in here for episode 10 of Delco Baseball Now with Brendan Ricciardi. Wow, we've hit the double digits. How about that? Probably got on the shorter side of things on this episode today just because we're kind of, you know, getting into the time of year of the playoffs where there's more episodes with a little bit less in each episode. So to recap what we've had so far in the Delco League playoffs on Tuesday night, we had Marple Newtown with the upset win over Chester in the inaugural wildcard game. They will advance to take on number three, Springfield, and the Colonials will be joined by Springfield head coach Steve Trainer in a little bit. Kind of take a look at that matchup, see what we are going to expect. That series will get started Thursday night, 545 at Church Road Park. We also had game one of the Narberth Mudcats and the Aston Valley Knight Series Wednesday night at Monsignor Bonner. The Narberth Mudcats jumping out to an early 1-0 series lead. They defend their home field. Chris Hyatt, graduate of Monsignor Bonner and Immaculata, got the start. The lefty had a great day on the mound. Five innings pitched, only allowed one earned run on a solo home run in the first inning. So he settled in really quickly after that. Picked up six strikeouts along the way. And, you know, he was just in control. He, he was around the strike zone the whole day. His off-speed pitches were working. He was getting the fastball over the plate. And he got a lot of good help from his defense. Dak Barbette made an unbelievable play in the Holt shortstop. Uh, it, what it ended up being a infield single. He also had help from Pat Toll at third base on just a ridiculous play that hit off the base and just popped up. Toll was able to get it, fire across his body, you know, going into foul territory to be able to get the runner out at first. Just really, really good stuff. And just the whole day, they were very clean. Every outfield ball, Tyler Kehoe and, and you know the rest of their outfielders were 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 all over everything, and it was it was a good day at the ballpark for them. For Aston Valley on the mound was Roman Tazi, recent graduate of Archbishop Carroll. He'll be heading to Barton in the fall, and you know he was good. It, it was not I would guess his best day you know for his own standards, but he kept them in the ball game, only allowing the three earned runs in the five innings of work. Narberth. Jumped ahead in the bottom of the third inning with two runs, and they stayed ahead. So we'll break down you know, the scoring that happened in this game. So we'll start off in the top of the first inning. It was a solo home run from Adam Tomer, an outfielder at Salisbury University. He got the Aston Valley Knights on the board with a solo shot to right field. We'll go back to the bottom of the first inning. Narberth didn't waste any time. Tyler Kehoe with a base hit to get the game started. He was able to get all the way to third base on two different wild pitches. 
So all of a sudden, Dylan cans up, runner on third, nobody out, and he delivers a base hit into that six hole to drive in Kehoe. And two batters later, we get a tie game, 1-1 here at Bonner. Fast forward here to the bottom of the third inning. Once again, Dylan Can getting the the, uh, the offense started for Narberth. He had a base hit. Mike Anderson followed that up with a base hit right up the middle. And Fredo Mendez got the Mudcats the lead. He knocked the third straight single for the Mudcats to give them a 2-1 to one lead. Still a runner on third as well as a runner on first for Narberth. And Pat Toll got the job done with a sack fly to right field, making a 3-1 to one ball game with two outs in the bottom of third. And that would be the only scoring in this game for the rest of the way. Very similar to the Marple Newtown and Chester wildcard game where Chester had a solo homer in the first inning. There was all of the runs scored in the first inning in that game and nothing for the rest of the game. And, you know, very similar dynamic where the the scoring was done early. Bottom of the third, that's the rest of the runs for the game because the pitching and the defense was just so clean. And that's and that's for both sides. Both teams were, were overall very solid. There was only one error on the game, and that was uh, Roman Tazi threw away a pickoff going over to first base, allowing uh, Dylan Can to get to second. So, you know, it, it, it was a very, very fundamentally sound game. And, you know, we had a decent crowd at Bonner. I was saying that where I was doing a kind of hybrid play-by-play, you know, and also just talking on the Game Changer stream that, you know, we're starting to get good crowds here. And that's a lot of the reason I do what I do with the Delco Baseball Now account and, like, the graphics and stuff is I want people to come out. I think it's cool that we have this high level of baseball just in our backyards, and, and I want people to know what they can, you know, just come out and see. And, you know, five minutes down the road at Bonner, you can see a lot of, you know, Division One talent and just really, really good baseball being played. So hopefully we can get even more crowds going, but it's a good win for Narberth because they know that Chris Murphy is going to be on the mound for game two. And, you know, I've said on the show before, like, I'm not going to go up here and say nobody is beatable, but understanding that, you know, Chris Murphy is one of the best pitchers in the league and playing in a tough field with the backdrop like Sun Valley and Buggy Field, it's not easy. And going down 0-1, losing at home for Narberth, going into that environment at Buggy would have been tough. But now they know that they have a little bit of leeway. Obviously, you know, you never want to go in with the mindset saying, oh, well, even if we lose, we still have game three. But at the end of the day, you know, it's a lot better going in with that mindset that we don't have to be perfect today. So Chris Murphy will be on the mound for Aston Valley in this Thursday night game at Buggy Field. We got Jimmy Wigo on the mound for Narberth, just recent graduate from Marple. He'll be heading to Monmouth. Chris Murphy, not from the area originally, uh, he moved to Millersville for his college career and got drafted by the Houston Astros, one of the most highly accomplished pitchers in PSAC history, unbelievable tenure at Millersville, 33-4 and record, you know, made it, I believe, up to double A with the Astros, and this is his second year pitching with the Aston Valley Knights, and, you know, I don't need to talk about myself too much, but we faced him for Upper Darby in the finals last year, and he's going to start fastball, 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 because he can, and and he's able to establish that early the first you know time, even the first two times through the lineup, and then you know once he realizes that people might be starting to kind of time it up, that's when he starts to bring the off-speed pitches in. So curious to see how the Narberth bats will respond to Murphy and you know the same thing happened last year with Murphy where he started not that he started bad 
but he's kind of just he kind of ramps things up towards the end of the, the season. You know, we we kind of put a couple on him our our first time facing him for Wayne, but we know, you know, he's got a little bit more left in the tank. As for Jimmy Wygo, tall, lanky, lefty, I believe I've only faced him once. And um I really don't know too much about him to go into detail here, but he'll get the ball for Narberth here. And I think the key for Narberth, we'll, we'll do keys for both sides. I think the keys for Narberth here, keep playing that clean defense and keep having the pitching behind him because I, I could see another very low-scoring game in this one, and that's what you know got them the win in game one, and that's what's going to keep it going. And as for Aston, they got to hit the ball because they know that they have the pitching advantage going into this game. And that lineup yesterday didn't really have much going for him. Besides the solo home run to Adam Tomer, there's really not much going. And it's a very different lineup than the lineup we saw in the finals last year. Just looking at some of the bats that are no longer with the team, Matt Domian, Jared Carney, Sean Hout wasn't there, uh, Quentin Ivey wasn't there, uh, Marshall Autry. Like, it's a very, very different looking lineup. And they're going to have to adjust to the fact that they're facing you know, not your your average Sunday starter in, in a random Delco League game, you know, picking up scraps. Like, teams have their, their rotations ready, and it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to that. Uh, we'll talk about the other series here as well. Uh, we have Springfield taking on Marple Newtown for game one of that series tonight. We have Steve Trainer, skipper of the Springfield Colonials, joining us in a little bit. So I just want to offer my own two cents here uh, about this series. And you know, for Marple Newtown, they're kind of playing with house money right now because in a normal year, they are not even still alive anymore. They were a beneficiary of the new wild card game where last year they'd be sitting on their couch watching. So sometimes when you have that that mindset of, you know, we got nothing to lose, that can really actually be good for you because then you feel there's no pressure like anything that you're doing is an added bonus that that you wouldn't have had on a normal year that's that's a good thing for them and as for Springfield you know they they're starting to put together a really good lineup I, I've seen a lot of different pieces there that as trainer would talk about you know you just can't always get them all at one place in one time during the regular season but this is a, a group that genuinely has the potential to to be the best offense in the league. And I truly do mean that, you know, as trainer will explain to some of the guys, Will Kelly, Sean Phelan, Cole Palace, Jared Sweeney, Reed Farrell, Gabe Encarnacion, like these guys can swing the bat. And it's just a matter of, do they have the pitching to get through a five game series? Should they take down Marple? So pitching matchup here for game one, we got Dave Shoemaker coming from the university of Penn. One of the many Penn players on this team, and for Marple Newtown, it'll be Aiden Johnson from Widener. So just like we had in Game 1 with Roman Tazi and Chris Hyatt, the Aston series, we have another lefty-on-lefty matchup here. All I have to say is I'm very glad that I'm injured right now so I don't have to deal with this bullshit because as a lefty hitter, uh, I'd just rather <laughs> rather not face the lefties if I don't have to. You know, We can pretend that uh, the matchups don't matter, but, you know, I have no interest in facing lefty sliders, and you know no one should blame me for that. All right, well, we got a busy Thursday night here. We'll have Game 2, Aston and Narberth. That will be at Buggy Field at 545. We also have Game 1 of Springfield and Marple Newtown. That will be at Church Road Park. 
And to get that series rolling, we will now welcome on Springfield head coach Steve Trainer. We are now joined by Springfield head coach and occasional player, Steve Trainer. Train, welcome to the show. How are we doing today? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. How about you? Uh, we're hanging in there, can't complain. Now, you and the Colonials will be taking on the Marple Newtown Black Sox in the quarterfinals after they won the wildcard game on Tuesday. So how are you guys feeling going into this series right now? It's a new season, you know. You kind of have to throw out the regular season records and just look at it as a blank slate. I mean, they've been playing good ball lately, and we haven't. We've been kind of struggling. So I think it's going to be a pretty even matchup. So I'm just hoping, you know, we can just take it inning by inning. Yeah, and you guys got a lot of new faces on the team this year as well. So can you talk a little bit about who some of your new guys have been and how they've performed for you throughout the season? Uh, so, I mean, in the field, um, it all starts with our backstop, Reed Farrell. I mean, Garnet Valley kid, he's going to Penn. Uh, besides being a great baseball player, he's a great person. He shows up to every game and he's ready to catch all the time. You don't even have to ask him if he's coming to the game. You kind of just know he's coming. And uh, just a great teammate, great baseball player. Um, he's really starting to hit well for us now. And catching-wise, he's great behind the plate. I have, it's been a great replacement to Matt Shepard, who was our catcher for a while. So it kind of it's kind of a seamless transition. Um, who else do we have? Uh, in the infield, you know, we got Sweeney back. Um, he didn't go away to college this year. He's doing kind of a grad school program. Uh, he's been out with a torn meniscus, but he should be back tomorrow for us. So that'll be a big pickup in the middle of our order. And then Will Ferris has been playing good outfield ball for us. He's a Hanford school guy. He's going to Dickinson really fast. Just a, another great kid overall. Uh, Mark Quatrani, he just committed to Cornell yesterday, actually. Another catcher, DH type, really can hit the ball. Another great kid. You know, they just fit into the culture very well. And, Last, we got Connor Scanlon, kind of the uh, most unexpected pickup of the year for us. We were kind of short against uh, Wayne early, earlier in the year, and uh, Norm was like, my cousin Connor can play. <laughs> and he was like, he's only 16. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. What turned into like a one-game, you know, rental turned into a, a full season. And he's been one of our more reliable hitters, so he's going to be in the playoff lineup. He's been hitting very well. And uh, another kid who just wants to get after it. He loves to play. And then uh, pitching-wise, it starts at the top with uh, Dave Shoemaker. He's a state college kid, um, state college high school, and he's down at University of Penn. He was kind of a bullpen guy for them. Uh, 24 appearances, sub-2.5 ERA. He's like 88-91 from the left side. Uh, he's been pretty lights out for us, minus one hiccup. Just another great kid who like wants the ball, he wants to pitch, and you know he wants to win. And Troy Machetti, we got him out of retirement. I bugged him a little bit, 
Um, I played with him at Brandywine. He's Upper Darby's pitching coach. He's been a good innings eater for us. He's more of a finesse type. He's given us a lot of quality innings, and he can kind of fill any role. And then uh, Matt Rolls, Ridley High School, Immaculata pitcher, been a real good innings eater for us. He joined us midseason, and he's been pretty steady the whole whole way through. Man, that Springfield Colonials and Ivy League pipeline is uh, getting better every game. Yeah, you know, we like to say we're one of the smarter teams in the league, but if you watch us on the field, we, we make some really bonehead plays. Yeah. So it just shows that school doesn't always translate to the baseball field. Absolutely. And I know one guy that you absolutely want to talk about when you're returning, guys, your MVP vote, Will Kelly. Will Kelly. He's a, he reminds me of myself a lot. We, um, we clash in a good way. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. We're both gamers and we both want to win very badly. So, so we have a lot of heated discussions over decisions and, you know, game theory and processes. But overall, I can't say enough good things about the kid. Um, leadoff, he's great. Center field, he's great. And he, he's just a pain in the butt type of leadoff hitter. Um, you guys, everybody's seen it. You know, he'll drop a drag bun on you and you're like, why is this kid bunting in the summer league? And it works, and it's part of his game. And he also has the ability to kind of hit to all fields and spray the gaps. And the best thing about him is his availability. He, he's only missed one game this year. And when you have guys like that that show up and you don't have to worry about them, you know, it's a, it's a blessing because it's just a free spot in the lineup you don't have to worry about. And did I hear that he's not even playing baseball in college anymore, just football? Uh, we, we, me and him discussed it over this summer. Um, the last we spoke, he's going to go back to our sinus and play baseball. I think he's hanging up the football cleats. I told him there's really not much future for a 5'9 slot receiver. And I like to joke with him that his speed is not elite. Uh, he will definitely disagree with that assessment, but he's a baseball player he needs to play baseball and that's what we reached the consensus on so i'm really happy for him to get back out there because i think he's a high quality division three player absolutely and we'll have to check the uh the official delco baseball now sports book to see what his mvp odds are uh he's got to be at least plus 500 or greater i think luke mutz would be the uh heavy juiced favorite on that one Hey man, he'd get my vote, but I'm I'm clearly biased here. No, but I, I feel like your lineup as a whole is is very talented. I've I've said it a lot on this show that I think once you get kind of all the pieces together in one, you know, place at one time, it's it's gonna look good. And I'm excited to see it. Not so much if you guys were to advance ultimately end up playing us, but you know, I think number one thing you guys need to field with fences. Yeah, um This is a PG PG podcast, right? Uh, I mean, not really. I kind of just try not to use F-bombs, but I think anything else is kind of on the table. Yeah, I mean, there was a few times this year where we hit a few balls where I would just unleash a few F-bombs at third base because I'm like, this ball went 400 feet and it's a fly out at our field. Hopefully next year that changes with the new Springfield field. Um, But like Sean Phelan and Pallas would have a few more home runs than they do this year. And it, it kind of works to a detriment to us. We hit a lot of deep fly balls that would be out at other places. 
Yeah, it's understandable. All right, talk to me a little bit about your opponent here, the Marple Newtown Black Sox, and just what you've seen from them throughout your games this season and kind of what you're looking for in this series. All right, so, I mean, I'm going to throw away the four games that we played against them just because it's playoffs in a new season, and you got to respect your opponent no matter who it is. Um, they have a lot of good young players, honestly. You look at their roster, and one through nine, they all can – play they're all kids that play in college and they all had good high school careers like the younger kids that are just graduated high school they're all solid high school players the college kids are all playing college ball so i mean you really can't look at the record because they played a ton of close games and now it's you know it's kind of a new season anything could happen in the best of three and it's baseball you know especially like i said at our field when it plays deep like that can get a lot of easy outs now, you guys have had a lot of good rosters over the years. So what do you think it's going to take for you guys to kind of get over that hump, you know, go on a deep run and bring that trophy back home? I mean, we got to take care of business tomorrow. Well, we got to take care of business on Thursday and Friday. If needed, we got to take care of it on Saturday. So, you know, I just want to take care of, take care of one game at a time, not look too far ahead. Uh, but if we're looking ahead, and for us to make a deep run, we got to get better outings from our pitchers. We hit the ball. I'm not really concerned about our hitting. Um, hypothetically, if we were to advance, we face up for Darby. And um, they've got a lot of power arms. But um, defense and pitching, that's kind of the name of the game. You can really you can really skate by with you know good pitching and good defense and timely hitting. And I think if we execute on all three of those fronts, you know, who knows what will happen. I'm just trying to, you know, handle business on Thursday and Friday, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Will we be seeing you on the field at some point in this series? I don't know, man. I don't know if you saw a game changer, but, you know. No, you still got it. I saw you get a hit off camera earlier this year. Yeah, that was the first pitch basketball. I was like, I'm swinging out of my shoes. But um, I don't know. I I hope hopefully I'm not needed, but I'll stay ready just in case you know I, I call the own number. It's kind of an awkward spot because I had to do that last year on the mound a few times in the playoffs, and you're not trying to overstep, but at the same time, you kind of have to have some confidence in yourself and realize you know maybe I am the best person for the job. Um, that's a tough balance being the player manager, but. I've gotten enough at-bats this year where, you know, if I have to go in there and hit, I'll be ready to go. All right, with that series set to get started Thursday night at Church Road Park. Thanks again for coming on, Trent. Appreciate it, and good luck. No worries, man. Take it easy. That'll wrap things up here for episode 10 of Delco Baseball. Now, I appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to me talk about Delco Baseball. It means a lot to me to uh, to have everybody on board here, all the support. You know, I was talking to some of the Narberth guys after their game yesterday, and everybody's been very appreciative. So I really uh, I really like that, you know, we're starting to, to build a little bit of a community here and try and, you know, keep Delco Baseball going strong. We got 
great postseason ahead of us. I think I will be making the Narberth and Aston game tonight at Buggy Field. I was on the play-by-play call. Wasn't really sure what to expect going into that one, but I think I'll be doing the same thing again. You can find that on the Narberth Mudcats Game Changer. I think you just search Mudcats on Game Changer and it'll come up. I'll also be sharing links on the Delco Baseball Now Twitter and Instagram as well for those to follow. But that's all I got for you today. We'll probably wait until the end of these two series to kind of get things going again. So that'll probably be an episode like Saturday or Sunday. Uh, so that's that's what we're looking at here. Thanks, everybody. See you.